Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Well, welcome to Under the Radar with uh, me, Sean Hughes. My special guest is uh, Robin Inks, who I'll be talking to uh, quite a bit. And then also we've got a social anthropologist in, uh, Dr. Milo Over. Oberstein? That's right, Oberstein. Great stuff. So, uh, Robin, uh, we, uh, we're we like social anthropologists. Now I can't say it. I think I'm having a midlife stroke. Uh, anthropologists. I think, you know, what, what do you see what they do? Yeah, I think that's what what you're doing all the time is you're studying culture, aren't you? And you're wondering whether, you know, when you whether it's a family thing, whether it's about kind of, you know, bereavement, whether it's about love. All the time, you just kind of go, oh, that's going to make a routine, isn't it? Well, and then you realise that, I mean, I don't know about you, you've been doing it, what, 25 years? Yeah, but I or, quit for a bit as well. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't, no, you've never quit. That's yeah. the thing that I love, is that every, every oh, I person did. I can think of. I did drugs. <laughs> yeah, but everyone who hasn't, you know, there's, they don't stop being a comedian. Apart, Nick Hancock's the only one I can think who gave up about 20 whatever years ago and he hasn't come back yet alexi sale you know 15 yeah. years and then oh yeah yeah no i'll go and do that charity gig for you yeah i'll do that oh and now i have to go back to it well it is it's definitely an addiction which is you know performing is one of the biggest addictions and but it, it is that uh weird thing with uh because on, on the, the last show i talk about our jobs and see if you agree with me and i say this to the audience and it kind of blows them a little bit because i just say Pretty much all I do, my job is reflecting on things, and then I bring the best of those reflections to you people who live much easier, not easier lives, but much more rounded lives where you experience your life. You're not, you're not thinking about it all the time. And then I talk about then it's weird how the paradox of society give you a two-week holiday to reflect on the 50 weeks you've been experiencing and sometimes realise those reflections aren't as good as you thought they'd be. <laughs> Hence, holidays are shit. That, would you agree with that? Well, that's because everything we're looking forward to is brilliant, and all those things that happened in the past are quite good. But the hardest thing is when you're actually, uh, oh, I'm, I'm, actually, I'm not enjoying this holiday at all. But, oh, what a rubbish holiday. What an awful holiday. One week back into work. Oh, didn't we have a lovely time yeah. in Menorca? So, yeah, there is... That's... You don't go to Menorca, do you? Ah, now, here's a surprise for yeah. you. Uh, yeah, I'm forced, because of having, you know, offspring, I'm forced to go on I thought you said holidays. by the Mallorcan Liberation Army. Yeah, the, 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 the Menorca, not, not right. Mallorca. Okay, yeah, yeah it's very different. Yeah, very different. It's a it's a non final But it's yeah, I, I I think that thing of constant reflection is uh, and and that's one of the hardest things where you are constantly observing yourself. I, in in the show that I'm doing at the moment, which is a little bit about self consciousness. Actually, I'm saying you know for a lot of us, one of the when you say is, the show you're doing at the moment, aren't you doing about four different shows? Yeah, this is the main this is the main the main, the main, the main show. show. But I'm going to kill it off very very quickly because right. it turned out I couldn't fit everything in about the human brain in uh, in two hours. Turns out there's loads of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to uh, take ages. But I was thinking about when I was at 
Glastonbury last year, and I was watching Public Enemy. And look at you pretending you're twenty all of a sudden. No, no, no I was at Glastonbury. Yeah, yeah, Public Enemy. Yeah, you, yeah, you're well, right. Yeah, you're that, hip hop. That's how young I was. Rolling Stones on the other stage. Yeah. I thought I'm not going to go and watch those old men. I'm just going to go and see the Public Enemy. Only in their mid fifties. Have so they, they actually, are, Have they taken the power back yet, though? Uh, well, they're, they're having more. It turns out there's more uh, contractual issues than they imagined. Right. Uh, well, that's always a problem. the problem. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot more paperwork than they imagined when they first did Fear of a Black Planet. See, I think what they're doing now is uh, they, their song should be, "We're going to take the power back, then have a bit of a nap, and then we're going to continue <laughs> to take the power back." That's what. Because the other thing, um, which you actually touched on there, which is one of the bane's of our society, and actually I blame technology, and I'm not anti-technology, but like all, from all the good things that technology gives us, um, the one thing that is uh, this generation will never understand is what you touched on which is anticipation that's gone now because everything is so now 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 and the best days of my life are anticipating things that were rubbish well that's the go- i was thinking what a bizarre world that not that long ago in our childhood there was such a thing as dialer disc which was the equivalent of youtube but obviously only audio and only one song a week what? Now, I don't even know if you had that in, in uh, Not Public in Ireland, Ireland no. but in, yeah, it was pretty, that, I mean, that's how, you know, but in, in terms of England and Wales, Scotland, possibly Northern Ireland, I'm uncertain, well, again, for copyright yeah, purposes, no, but Ireland. you could ring, uh, you know, what would then be, what wasn't called a premium rate number then, and you could listen over the phone to, maybe it was Mark Bolan, maybe it was Boney M, whatever, it didn't, wasn't, didn't have to be we didn't bees, have that, but, no. no, and that was, we only now, got telephones in the 80s in Ireland. Well, yeah, I mean, the, but the, that's what I love about going to Ireland is, is the amount of Bakelite there and the excitement of Bakelite. And Actually, light I still as am well. excited by Bakelite. But, but, but you know what I mean? But we would anticipate, and not just music, I know you love music, but it's not just music as well, it's just everything. Everything can just, it's a now society and it's killed off one of the most beautiful things, aspects of living. I don't know, I think there's still, when people are waiting to go and see gigs, I think when people are, I mean, I know that television can be watched at any point, but I think each thing is probably replaced. I think the worst thing is that it is all immersive, that there is not, as you said, actually, the anticipation thing, I don't know what the the times were like uh, in Republican Ireland of TV, but, you know, for, you woke up, if you were ill off school, you were lucky, there were schools and colleges between 9.30 and midday, if you were lucky, it was how we used to live, which was, you know, a dramatisation of what it was like in Edwardian times, Neighbours the English was the, program. Uh, Neighbours was the no, way. No, but that's, but that, even Neighbours is not, that, that, we, we were late teens by then. Neighbours was by the time lunchtime television. What an incredible thing. Here was narrative at lunchtime. Before, you waited, there was news at one, then Mavis Nicholson would come, hello, here's an afternoon programme for women who are working at home, and uh, I'm going to be interviewing someone, someone who might not even have something to sell. That, to me, is the big change. The big change is you watch every single, any chat show, anything like that, and it's basically, please welcome an actor with a film and someone with a song. I've just realised how sad my life is. I remember the first time I went to Australia, I got the opportunity to do... Uh, stand up over there and I arrived at the airport you know and you should be going oh my god a new culture I actually said to the the customs guy what's happening in Neighbours because obviously they're three months ahead and that's all I wanted to know isn't that but that what was exciting for Australia was that this was the first time they'd been three months ahead of Britain. I know that yeah. from, from my Australian friends you say, you know, that the agony of walking around in Sydney and going to, as it, as it actually was, Grace Brothers, the department store was called Grace Brothers, not after the IB, so it just happened to be the name, and they would look in the windows and they would go, ah, how come everything's so old here? How come we, you know, we're, mm. we're five fashions behind? You know, they would, they would see, people would come over with, with British newspapers and they would look 
look at what people were wearing in the equivalent of Carnaby Street and go, imagine if we had such shoes available and well, our shoes are from 1954. You're saying Australia. In Ireland, I remember being blown away by Dr. Martens. I think we had to order them into the country because, you know... I, I don't know, I think we barely had shoes. It was really... Like, it's obviously changed so much now, which I think is a great thing. But it is, like... I, I remember, like... Because we used to do day trips to on the ferry to uh, uh, from Dublin to Wales, and you get your duty-free, and also, like, go into those shops, just like those Australians go, Oh, my God, they've... They've got Dr. Martens in Wales. See, that I agree. That excitement that's gone. Like, the first time that I went to New York, and for me, one of the biggest excitements in going to New York is just going into a corner store and going, look at the ludicrous cereals. Look yeah. at the day-glow nature. Look at, look at the marshmallow pieces in Lucky Charms, whatever it might be. And sometimes there would be specialist stores in London where you would go, oh, imagine being able to afford those ridiculous... And now, you are right, that because there's been a kind of, you know, there's just an amorphous mass of culture. Yeah, where it's it's a lot harder to realise, you know, the, the shortcomings of, oh, imagine reaching out and seeing those Dr. Martins. By the way, just what I have to say, one of my, you reminded me of one of my favourite old jokes when you said, you know, you might not have had shoes. Uh, and I, d- I don't know where this one's from, but it's, uh, um, we were so poor when we were children that we didn't have any clothes. And we were totally naked. And then on, on my fifth birthday, my dad bought me a hat so I could look out the window. <laughs> I love that. It's one of my favourite old... Oh, a, it's an old musical joke. I think it's a delight. Owen and Neil used to do a great joke about being poor. Uh, being brought up in Ireland at Christmas time, all the other kids would be getting bicycles and roller skates and stuff, and he'd get an orange. And he'd, he'd go out and, he, obviously, he'd lie, you know, because he was mortified. And the kids would say, what did you get? And he'd go, pineapple. <laughs> so, but yeah, but like things have changed so much for the better. But weirdly, when the first thing you uh, when you said about uh, New York, the first thing that came to my mind is they still do that weird thing of you go, oh, that looks like a bargain, nineteen dollars, uh, and you get up there and you go twenty one fifty. You go, what? You, you pay tax after the uh, in shops? Did you know that? Yeah, but no. But the good thing is that because most of our past is hardwired up to about the age of twenty three, and then everything's just happened really quickly. Is we still go? But that's all right. It's. Uh, it's two dollars to a pound yeah because because but- we're old men we still presume we're getting a bargain when in fact we're being fleeced for tat but we're being fleeced for tat with such style and aplomb and the presumption of charm and love that's why whenever the first one we, I, I, lo- I love that's the only difference with them and ryanair with all those hidden costs yeah they just you know they just tell us how much things cost well, why, why can't we live in a simple world like that and why do you think diners have never uh, kicked off here? Do you know, that's one of my biggest annoyances when every time I've been to you know sometimes on a lay-by there's go come to Northampton's leading American style diner and you go how can you screw up an omelette you yeah. look at the diner menu what, what is it it's it's lettuce and some olives and a tin of whatever what do they call that tuna there's a tunny tunny whatever eat, they call it I don't eat animals it's, Robin. Uh, um no but I'm just going through I just the, don't eat, an omelette. I don't eat I don't oh. eat animals, Robin, right? Let's not bring it up. Oh, well right? done. You and Michael Legg, two of the... Are you a vegan or vegetarian? Vegetarian. Oh, Michael Legg would trump you. He'd look I at you with his seed-filled face with scorn. Um, but no, just those, yeah, those things. Like, when you go... I love that moment of going into a... That's when I know I'm in, in New York. You go into a diner mm. and you get the jelly and you go, this is horrible, this is awful, this, 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 this sweet... St- I'll have more of it. I'm yeah. going to have loads of it and I'm going to buy spray cheese. You know, to me, that's when you're in, a, in the US. You go, <laughs> I've got spray cheese. I'm eating things that have no interest to me but because i saw them in dc comics when i was nine years old on the back page you know twinkies 
Spider-Man or Superman having an adventure that ended up being an advert for Twinkies. Yeah, I don't ever oh. remember a Spider-Man going, listen, before I save the world, can I spray some of that cheese onto my sandwich? There? Yeah, but Twinkies were, I mean, they still were, you know, they're, they're made of nothing that has ever grown in nature. They are part of science. They are part of, you know, the, the, the kind of the nuclear age when those kind of snacks could be well, created. See, again, like, because I know people who know you, like, is, like as you were saying off-air, uh, you found your angle, which is science, which is great. And because, uh, like, how many books do you read a day? About six. Yeah, well, do you know what? I start six. That's a very different right. thing. Uh, I love. I mean, that's what I've got. I've got around my house. All it is is just books, 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 and uh, very rarely are they finished. I've just finished three in a row. I tried some novels. Seem they're good novels, aren't they? Some of them. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I don't reckon I'm going to finish Gravity's Rainbow though. But I've started it. So that right. that, that will join Proust. You know, I don't yeah. know how many times I've started Swan's Way. But uh, I just read. Um, Book called Flowers for Algernon. Which uh, do you know? Flowers for Algernon. N- no, uh, you could be talking to anyone here. I, no, but you my, like my, books. You do got reading. I, no, I, I give the impression I do. I, and I buy a lot of books, but weirdly, I just took a break and I, I re-found my love of reading. But I just finished the autobiography of Morrissey. Oh yeah, that's it. I, I, do you know what? I've dipped into it every time it hit the court case, which is obviously yeah. frequent. I bounce back out to try and find something about the Smiths what, or you, something you, about. So you're very much a flicker into books. Yeah, and then every now and again, get out will... now. That's just that's the sacrilege. That's, that's no. Be do brand... you know what? Boulder Dash, right? All of that stuff about how you're meant to read. You'd you're be not there. meant to break the spine. You'd be there in Nazi Germany, to... and you'd be going, "Well, uh, you can burn page fourteen to twelve. I've, I've read that." 200 yeah. pages but I haven't read page 72 yet how can you well, that, at least out? I might have got something out of it when I'd be seeping you know going through the ashes I'd go that's alright I found you know yeah. 12 pages whereas you'd be going oh I'll never know the end now because you're, de- you're you're driven by the idea of narrative well look weirdly you're actually okay to dip in and out of the Morrissey one because there's four different books the first uh, 100 pages about his childhood yeah. which obviously he sees himself as a different person is written with such beauty and tenderness Street upon yeah. Street but then he uh then, like, there's, there's one thing that bugs me is he likes to, in the book, refers to a lot of people as fat. He's got a real problem about that. And then, then the court case, which obviously takes up about a quarter of the book, where, you know, the fact that he's uh, bisexual uh, that's, that's, and had a, an affair with an Iranian woman, two pages, court case 90-odd pages, where him just going, they're wrong. They are wrong. And he could have said that in that sentence, like, you know. And then the last bit of the book is like a diary of telling us how popular he is in South America. Yeah. And I just found it, like, I found it very readable, but very kind of going, oh, you poor thing. You know, get over this But he wouldn't, no, he can't get over it. I mean, that's the thing where, that's what makes him what he he is, doesn't he? But, you know, where all of us, you you couldn't see, if you look at him lyrically, I mean, I think he's, you know, obviously, there was that lovely line Elvis Costello once had, which is, uh, Morrissey comes up with the greatest song titles in the world and then forgets to write a song. And, you know... I wouldn't agree with that. Well, I I still enjoy every, you know, when I compare him to Nick Cave, who I think you go, well, the growth in in him as an artist, and I still think his his latest work is as great as anything he did 10 years ago, 20, all of it. Whereas Morrissey, there is that thing where a lot of the reason we like like it is that nostalgia, isn't it? You know, life is yeah. a big story. And it's probably easier for you because you're there trying to get the energy to get up and go downstairs to your cigarettes to turn on Lorraine Kelly. And you think, oh, I've got a television know, you, in my bedroom, Robin. I'm yeah, doing okay I know, for you myself. want the cigarette that you left downstairs. You know, yeah. that, that, that's the one. My house oh, rules. That's the end of the day. I can't believe I've achieved so much. I got to the coffee table, you know, and then, then you have your, you know, whatever it might be B and H, Marlboro Light, Marlboro Light, whatever. Um, but what? Are you just for some reason just naming cigarettes now? It's no, like, just showing. I know cigarettes. It's like you're at the final of Pointless and you're panicking. 
Well, I don't know what. No, if do you know what? If, I if, worried. If the category was like the least popular. You, cigarette. as a cigarette smoker, may go, "Oh, I, I can't believe that he said I smoked Lambert and Butler." When surely the image I've got, you know, you're Lucky Strikes. You're like an old advert of Betty Davis smoking Lucky Strikes. Bizarrely, from Picture Gallery. You're not a million miles away. And I used to smoke Benson Hedges, and I didn't smoke for three years. And then because I was abroad, uh, and I, I bought this pack of the cigarettes, and now I like them. Winston Red. See, I'll tell you what, if I was a psychic medium, those would be seen as two incredible hits in an yeah. arena. <laughs> as I go, I'm getting someone here. Uh, but no, I, I think what we talk about, yeah, the, 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 you know, Morrissey, I still love listening to him. But I, I mean, it's that ridiculousness. It's that ridiculousness when he still rips off his shirt at the end of a gig, but now kind of covers himself up yeah. as if he's remembered, like kind of, you know, late age Mae West or something like that. But I still, but then what I love about him is, is that beautiful shallowness that some times comes out so i remember him in fact you might have been at that gig as well i think you were because i saw you walking down a corridor when might have been the albert hall gig oh, then, which when was, he, yeah that, when he did there is a light for the first time yeah and oh. it was uh, uh that brought a tear to my eye they were I, I did you go to both nights no oh, i have to admit i couldn't resist the first night was better because even though the sound was bad he dragged himself do you remember he dragged himself around the stage kind of that richard the third way as if yeah. to, and he went um and i am what remains of morrissey yeah and uh but the the uh there was a moment where what the hell was I talking about with that? With no, just that. I don't know. The, the, he said that's it. He said uh, the world is full of crashing balls. So maybe it was a later gig than that. Uh, he said, "Bring me the head of Elton John." The world is full of crashing balls. And then uh, Elton John said how much he liked Morrissey's work, know, and Morrissey went, "Yeah, well, that's true. I'm really sorry about what I said about Elton John." You go, "Oh, that's what I love as well." Which is, but he leaves so much out of the book, which makes it intriguing. But um, but I don't know if you got to that, but you flicker, yeah. Uh, with uh, he left his uh, one of his managers because he went for lunch with him and, and his manager started eating frogs eggs or frogs eggs. Frogs, I love the frogs yeah. eggs. Yeah, yeah they're, they're terrible because you, you don't think you've eaten yeah. much, but as it goes on throughout the day, your stomach you, gets really jumpy, and you have to be in a pond while you're, while you're <laughs> eating them as well. But no frogs uh, legs, and he just went. He just he, like there's four occasions in the book where he just walks out of a restaurant when his partner, whoever he's with, just starts eating me. That's but see, I'm a vegetarian, but. If I went out for lunch with you, I would not dictate what you eat. Well, I think it's, you know, politically, that, yeah, my thing is, uh, I, I have to admit now, I used to be a vegetarian. Uh, oh, see, I prefer I, people who've eaten meat all their life. Why, why would you quit? Uh, That's I, a principle, I, What surely. I do now is I do from it. I don't eat it much, but I do eat fish every now and again. So uh, this is just for reasons of transparency. But, right? but tell me initially, you were a vegetarian, not for health reasons, for principle. No, I started when I was about, yeah, 18 years old. So what would make you... I See, I couldn't. Do you know, my trouble was, it was touring and uh, just... The, the limitations of food that led to me f- to a fish and chip shop. See, for someone just... with a bright mind, you are absolutely wrong. It's not the limitations of food, my good friend Robin Inks. It's the limitations of your own mind. No, it's not. It really was about the opening times in certain markets. I think towns we could have given that beautiful quote just a second. No, I don't breathe. think. I don't think we could because it's cl- clearly built on nothing but sand. <laughs> but I mean, I will, no sound. <laughs> but I will. I would return to it. I mean, I will. You know, when I've stopped touring, when you, when, I'll go what, back when they've run out of fish, because I think that's what's happening, isn't it? Yeah, there's a lot of things we're about to run out of, right? Look, even if we live for a long time, there's likely to be a galaxy clash within three billion years. Let's get over this, yeah? Right. Life is finite, existence is finite. It's good news. The universe might exist forever, but, you know, the planet Earth, at the best, 4.6 billion years, we've seen the sun swell into a red giant. So what, are we moving closer to the sun? Well, just that the sun, as it gets to the end of its lifetime, will we'll, we'll swell into a red giant and it will engulf us. What do you mean a red giant? Uh, That's not scientific talk. 
Oh no! This no, it won't be a giant. Yeah. I mean, it's talking about size. Because I'm not thinking about the guy the from the, uh, idea of from the, the sweet corn will crawl out of its well and come out with his giant. Yeah, yeah it was me all along. Yeah. Big fell yeah. in the sun. Because um, you you're obsessed with that, but I think uh, I I've, I've gone the absolute direct uh, opposite direction to you, Ron, because I am fascinated by science to the extent that it would make my head explode if I learnt a little. So I'm actually going for the very living in the darkness. Well, I think that's that's the hardest thing to decide, which is I uh, I accept that most things I know absolutely nothing about, uh, and even the things I know something about, I'm pretty ignorant on. You know, I have no areas of expertise, so I just find it exciting to learn bits and pieces and just to to start to get an idea of the magnitude of all the things that are out there. And I just have to accept that I will always remain an idiot, but I'm enjoying the journey of every now and again finding out something about. You know, in research for the new show and going off to like kind of psychology departments in Birmingham and and in other places as well, Birmingham University, and meeting uh, people doing neuroscience. And I'm just kind of, it's, it's really fascinating to just find out little things about the brain, but it never means I'll be able to sit down with a bunch of neuroscientists and go, well, I've written this paper, because I'll never get to the point of that. But I don't know you well enough to. Uh understand if you if you're at one of those lectures do you just go i take everything you say on board or do you go no i don't agree with these things you're saying well i think that even if they're an expert in their field well that's that's the that's the problem that that's what i find exciting about doing things like you know the, the the radio show that i did where we have lots of different scientists coming on is that you're told by one scientist thing and you go oh yeah oh yeah oh that's a great idea and then you meet another scientist the next day and they go did he tell you that well, that's a load of old rubbish and you know physics is slightly different that's the interesting thing is physics you because down to its kind of measurements stuff that there are, you will get moments of consensus there will be debate within the consensus yeah. if you see what i mean and yeah. i think that will be true as well of you know evolution by natural selection you know there are debates around evolution by natural selection but the core idea of that is kind of that that's doing pretty well see, t- until again, something new comes up i stopped listening halfway through that yeah and i was doing and that's hand nothing, gestures yeah, and that's nothing, and was, there's no reflection on you that is reflection on me i think it takes a while i, I am homer simpson in those situations <laughs> But I, I get that a lot, though. When when Brian Cox starts to, starts to go, no, but what you don't understand is when the bundle of particles clash at the speed near that of light, and then at that point, when the muons and glue, new muons yeah. and gluons and la la yeah, yeah, that just happen. play your hit, Coxie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I think that's, you know, you that's the other thing, is you can accept that you're not, once you accept that you are going to remain predominantly ignorant about nearly everything in the known universe and the unknown universe for the rest of your life, you can just go on a fun ride of just trying to find stuff out and i find that more interesting than being entirely in the dark but you're not entirely in the dark no, no. you're interested but again you know what i'm thinking about now because uh because obviously you're very close to brian cox because you work with him a lot and i was just thinking if i was gay or a woman i'd like to suck his cock and have him talking about science mm. do you think he does that um i don't know and i'm not gonna uh go through <laughs> any but i do know that sometimes when he's been doing like when we've done live shows and he's going through some equations or he's talking about dark energy i can see in some of the audience they're going it's just the way he moves yeah and they're not but that's <laughs> he's he's an alluring gateway he's like he something from a greek myth isn't he let's go towards the rocks of science look how pretty the man is well, you, oh no we smashed on the rocks of science but i love that like when i watched that last series i love that he's so like he he loves the knowledge you mm. know and he'd be there with a grasshopper going look at look at that and i'm going this grasshopper mate just get over it will you and he'll talk about the cells and that kind of gene pools and i just love the fact that he's he like you know i i hope uh have you ever seen him in a bad mood he strikes me as oh yeah no we have huge arguments we have great oh we really enjoy but not about science though yeah 
What would you have an argument No, because about? you see, physics is, and particle physics, he's generally, Lose I mean, he, he loved Lose that idea mate. that it might, no, look, right, I'll just talk about it, right, there was an idea which was uh, neutrinos might move faster than the speed of light. Gone, that I'm gone. There, you're gone, but the, the, maybe <laughs> not all the others are, right? I'll, look, if I turn it into a fucking poem, will it work? Have you see that? Yes, yes. It, oh, no, you, your trouble is you read WB Yeats too young and it's made you all bloody mystical. But it's, um, so... He gets excited by the idea of things that might be wrong in physics. But when you get on... And biology, he used to have more of a problem with. But then when he started studying photosynthesis for one of his series, uh, then he got excited by that. But we had a big argument about... uh, We were doing a a show about uh, perception. And we had Claudia Hammond from All in the Mind and a guy called Bo Lotto's fantastic. And Alan Moore, you know, watching the Vendetta, etc. And uh, and that's one of my favourite things. One of my favourite things is Alan Moore is such a well-read and intriguing wizard. And, you know, because he declared himself a wizard. I'm sure you know that story when he's... 40 and uh, well, you grow a beard you're a wizard aren't you? oh it's not just that it's no a beard alone does not make you a wizard a it's the, the way that you carry yourself with majesty and magic okay and uh um, I look forward to him on Earth, but he's got talent. I think he oh, might get through. Would, uh, um, what a relief that he has no, there's no lure towards you. Celebrity Big Brother with Alan Moore. Yeah, that's but not going to happen. I want to know, do you ever have a, round, uh, have a row with Brian about, like, toast or anything like that? Not, like, arguments. Oh, yeah, I mean, he'll get, he'll get annoyed about, you know, coffees and things like that, but generally it will be. But what I was going to say about the Alan Moore thing is, Alan, because he's so well-read, every now and again will say, well, I mean, when you look at the way that Homer's Iliad and Homer's Odyssey look at the different perceptions of colour and blah, blah, blah. blah Say, and then you see Alan go, uh, Brian going, No, I'm not sure I agree, but I, uh, oh, he's argued it too well. Yeah. And this, you know, when you see a particle physicist beaten by a wizard in an argument, that's a great moment, it's a wonderful thing to see. But sometimes, yeah, I mean, he's not, I think the thing is that there are certain people who pass through life. And the there's things that fascinate it. No, but well, you, you don't pass through life. You bounce around the walls of life. You trip over life. You, you know, you, yeah. you're clumsy. You know. There is CCTV there, there, there are people who pass through, and there are people, like, I would include myself there, who are, uh, oh, I've tripped over on life again. Oh, oh, this bit, you know, that, that's, uh, and I'm afraid I do consider you in that. Whereas, oh, okay. you know, he does kind of, you know, we through and and he doesn't notice a lot of things. So a lot of things that would make other people angry, he hasn't even noticed it. He's been thinking of another thing. We should do a show together sometime because we are polar opposites where you go from the head and I go totally from the heart. Mm. We should we should think about that sometime because it is that weird thing. Because all my... My understanding of life is to try and understand how people feel. Why yeah. You, you want to know... Uh, you know, just you want facts. No, I want both. No, you see, the thing is, like, when I started looking at the at neuroscience and I started doing, like, the show that I'm doing about self consciousness is loads of it's just practical things that happen to me and ridiculous things and watching different forms of behaviour. And my initial interest is, oh, God, why do we end up doing such a stupid thing? And then the, uh, the I go, oh, that's interesting because there's also this study that shows a little bit how the brain works and then you can combine the two. That's, but that's the thing. So, like, do you, you know, you, you, you get all your information from um, just informed people rather than, like... No, but I spend all my time on public transport because I don't drive and because I don't have a tour manager. My whole life is walking through streets. Streets upon streets upon streets. And, uh, and then uh, sitting on public transport and seeing arguments and then walking through places late at night and seeing what's going on. So, it, you know, you do have that thing, I suppose. You, know, you could look at it in that artistic way as, you know, I travel through the world, observing, ghostly observation, but not ghostly at all because every now and again people see that ghost and go, who's that prick? over there in the cardigan with the glasses me, it's yeah. me yeah, yeah. or it's you, it's you yeah. or me it's, whichever us, you know yeah. you're, you're in the town yeah. the week after me or the week before but me but you should get a tour manager because it's really lonely on the road yeah but I love reading as well and you're not allowed to, if you've got someone there you've got to create conversation haven't you no, no you don't 
Well, I, I kind like, of like, like... You're married and stuff, yeah? Yeah. And so, but, so the situation there is, surely you can... You, the reason you've got a bonding together is you can have silences together. Yeah, but I'm away so much that there's a... Yeah, that's where it's I really... What keeps it fresh. Sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you know, it's that beautiful thing where, while away, obviously there is a, you know, a tremendous level of love because you become a mysterious thing, and then when you come through the front door, there's a moment of, ah, oh, it was you all the time. You know, so there's a certain level of disappointment. But do you not read much at home, then? Like, do you try to keep that family time? Whenever I've got... No, when I've, you know, I, I go to the zoo a lot and that kind of stuff, and uh, when that's my son's child, awake though. and when he's not around... What the, age is your son? He's six now. So... What, what were, you were brought up as a Protestant, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And were you taken to church and stuff? Yeah, went to church, did all that. Uh, house, you know, lots of Bibles in the house. Uh, well, you really need the one. further back. No, no, no. Oh, well, hey. let's come on. Hey. I'll tell you what. Surely you had at least one Aramaic one. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> Roman all the way, bro. Uh, but I, it was so... Had those things uh, come from a long line of vicars anyway. Uh, right. In, in terms of back through, you know, family history. So what did you reject all that? I didn't really reject it. It just disappeared. It kind of slowed. You know, I had no moment of going. I believe God is a lie. God is a myth. This is. I just kind of there was a point where I might have gone. Mm, I don't really think. So there's no. I didn't have you know a Damascene moment of going. There is no. Yeah, God. no, but nobody does. But no, my- I don't know. There's some people I know who suddenly have this moment, and maybe it depends on the strength of their belief because you know, coming from an you know an English Anglican background, it's not the most. You know, you you're not. Well, it's like with, not believing. Yeah. Yeah, you're not filled with threats. So there's not that much hellfire. You know, that kind of thing. But, Rabies um, adverts were things that I feared more than living in hell. Well, yeah, right. Oh, they were terrifying, weren't they? Well, I, I like dogs, so I was on their side. You probably would have eaten it. But the thing... but uh, what, what I wanted if to, I was on tour, yeah. and unfortunately all the vegetarian restaurants closed and all that limitations was Limitations of your mind. Limitations Tennessee of your mind, accent, yeah. Um, but my point I want to make is... So, your family, like... You know, because this is the thing I think my next show is going to be about, is the fact that it's okay to love your parents but not to like them too much because i'm sure there's that argument now that you have if people that you love still believe in god and you just have to say well let's not talk about that well do you know i don't mind talking about it i would i remember having a big argument with an atheist once where i said if someone was ill or if i felt it really would make them better feel better about a situation you know someone that i love i would not have a problem with going oh no do you know what i've changed my mind oh there's god and there's heaven and everything and they went how can you say that and i went i can say that because there's no dogmatic system that i have to belong to so i'm if if i want to lie you know there's not richard dawkins or dan dennett looking down at me and going what have you done you know that's totally understandable you're doing it to comfort them yeah but you're not for a moment believing what they, this is what i'm saying like your blood relatives are people you're so close to and you're going what you believe is nonsense and yeah, that's, that's no, quite hard they've normally voted different to me politically in all manner of things yeah you're still ukip yeah of course i yeah, am you know the, i've got progress. to say my, my, my favorite ukip quote because I, I i do i talk a little bit actually about the fact that i, I see them more as a kind of you know an, an art group than a, than a political you know they're kind of I, I do think there's hints of dadaism about ukip they don't realize it but i think they could be a dadaist movement but there was a great quote by one of their councillors who said the problem with britain nowadays is the homosexual machine is out of control and i just think just that image of this homosexual machine that they have, yeah, that, that yeah. level of fear and panic that drives on what they are. Well, and do you think you'll, uh, when you become, and I hope you reach a dothery old age, do you think on your last breath you'll just go, well, that's it, that's me done? 
Brian, hold me hand, Brian. <laughs> Why we go round this accelerator to see what happens to us as we clash near the speed limit? I feel like a little uh, grasshopper, Robin. <laughs> but so uh, do you know, I, I have no idea. But I think the older I get, the more uh, it's never comfortable to go. Life's finite. I mean, you mm. know that. You look at your bookshelves, and even though I only skim through a lot of the books, I'm still going. I'm only going to get yeah. through the third bookshelf, and then I'm out of time. I, so I don't know, like the idea of it ending. I have not got a long enough life left to listen to every CD I've got. Yeah, that's pretty sad, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's kind of you know the moment that you, it's the moment you look at it as a kind of days based thing, where you look mm. at it as a kind of. But um, I I don't. At this particular time, I have no see no reason that I would kind of go. Oh no, hang on a minute. I want I want that to be. But your child, um, are you like bringing him up with any religion, or are you straight away kind of saying that's no? Well, I mean, he learns about these things at school and stuff like that. And all I can say is that some people believe some things, and some people believe other things. And I don't. There's no sense of saying uh, this is the way. What? Son, there is no God. And the next time I see you praying, I will give you this electric cattle prod. It's the only way you can learn from psychologists well, we in the should, early 20th century. We should century. bring in the expert, Dr. Milo Oberstein. It's the social antro- anthropologist. <laughs> Anthro- <laughs> what is it? Anthropologist. Yeah, right. So you've been listening. Uh, so do you think uh, long commutes have a detrimental effect on personal relationships? Because Robin was talking about been away a bit though well there has been a recent swedish study um that people who endure more than a 45 minute commute are 40 percent more likely to divorce well listen thank you so much for coming in robin <laughs> and uh, dr milo it's been great you've been listening to under the radar with sean hughes uh, tune in